Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, and our guest co-host, The Grump. He's joined us this week at Senior Bowl Week. It's the finale of the Senior Bowl. Are you feeling sad that we're leaving, or are you kind of like ready to get back home? No, I'm, I'm ready to get back home. This day is – this the last day of a trip is always my – like, I'm, I'm ready to get back home and, and see my loved ones be back in the warm Florida, even though it's kind of warm here. I mean, I'm not ready to see my loved ones, but I'm ready to get back home. Yeah, get back in that nice, cold New Jersey air. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good senior bowl week, uh, having you here, having snacks here really made it a lot more fun working with guys like Robert Smith's and next year we'll be working with more guys and we'll, we'll do it better. Like this is, this really is a trip I look forward to ever since we ca- I came last year. And this was like a, Hey, I got to have people with here with me next, uh, next time we turn my phone on, do not disturb. So a very, a very fun trip, and it's made possible by the listeners. We're going to get it. There's a lot of news we have to get yeah. into. Mike Kafka, Brian Flores, uh, Shea Tierney, uh, and we're going to do a little Senior Bowl roundup at the end too. But this week is always a lot of fun, and it's a week that gives us a lot of – like it's, it's a lot of work. You know, We've been nonstop, um, yeah. but we enjoy it, and thank you to the listeners for making that possible. And thank you to some of these special listeners before we get into this episode. Osama Faruqi. He's not a rookie. He's a vet talking Giants listener. Wow. Jack Mulligan. No Mulligans with talking Giants. Once you're in, you're in. Mm. Sean Donaldson. Donaldson. He's the son of Donald. Trump. Info the gang. That's not your real name, is it? Brandon Voss, who his his parents found the water company Voss. Sure. And, you know, not guilty by association, but these people kind of rip people off. It's just glass. <laughs> Boss Beater Gaming. That's not his real name either, but he's a he's a world beater tier, so I'm I'm very thankful. That's an ad. Biff Tannen Hill. Yeah, it's an ad. So it that that's ad worthy. That's totally fine. Yeah, yes. that's ad worthy. Sam Cohen, who's Tariq Cohen's uh brother. We had some we're working some bears guys, they found us. And then Vinny the Sassare, he's a Little Caesars guy and found about our show through the Little Caesars uh sticker I put on their sign. Sure. All right, Justin, who are these people before we get into a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff? Boss Beater Gaming. Send me some of your stuff. I'm kind of interested now. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. $2 a month plus some other tiers. Bobby will send you some magnets in the mail, stickers. You have access to the live shows as we record them, and you get to be entered into a shirt raffle. I always have tr- I have trouble getting those three things consecutively. I'll get it one day. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. But really, thank you. We did three days straight of an hour live stream, plus we did the two-day recap, Stupid Rain or you know, uh, media some clowns uh, or senior bowl some clowns. They left us out. I'm trying not to tweet and burn bridges. I've been told not to burn bridges. I really wanted to burn bridges that they didn't let us in the practice, even though it didn't yeah. rain during the practice. Yeah, didn't let us in for day three practice, but we had a really, you know, two good successful videos on the Talking Football channel. Um, thank you to John Boy Media for sending us down, but it's not without you guys. John Boy Media doesn't send us down if we don't have an audience and a base that's like, we want to see what Grump, Bobby, Justin have to say about Everything that's happening with the Senior Bowl, which is so niche, it's like it's not even like the top guys, but a lot of people are interested. So thank you very much. Like we're we're living the dream, kind of crazy. We'll get yeah. into a lot of that stuff later, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I I, I got to get into this Mike Kafka offensive coordinator. That's the biggest news right now. The Giants hired Mike Kafka, Chiefs QB coach and, and passing game coordinator as their offensive coordinator. Is one of three finalists with Pep Pep Hamilton and Chad O'Shea, who I thought all were pretty good candidates. Mike uh, Mike. Uh, Mike Kafka and Pep Hamilton were the two that jumped out to me because they're young guys where Chad O'Shea's kind of been around. And I watched actually a lot of his Miami film last year because I thought Judge might hire him in 2020. And it wasn't bad, but it, w- it wasn't spectacular, which I think those two guys could. They land on Mike Kafka. Uh, quick resume. 
was a, a Northwestern GA after five years in the NFL and playing college ball at Northwestern. Then was hired as the Chiefs qual- uh, quality control in 2017, the year Mahomes came in, and he had a very special role with Mahomes' development, was their QB coach for the next two years, and then the last two years they added the passing game coordinator. It's the scheme stuff. He's, it's West Coast-based, but the Chiefs are so much more than a West Coast offense. The, and, and, you know, it's the West Coast offense has evolved where it's, it's not what it's not what Bill Walsh did. There's elements of it. But basically what it is is this horizontal passing that allows for quick yak and just to open up the deep shots. Now, a team like the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes, easier. they're taking more deep shots than the Giants are going to with Mike Kafka and Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, they like to pass to set up the run in the past to set up the depot. That's something that you talk a lot about, but there's so much more mixed into it. And we'll talk about just personal traits of Mike Kafka. Um, and if he's going to call plays, but Hey, I think everyone fell into a pep Hamilton or Mike uh, Kafka because we were down here. I didn't get to do a ton of research beforehand. So all my research was after Mike Kafka was hired, but Hey, we're pulling from that chief's tree to come and be an offensive coordinator. And in fact, his, his play calling, like the, when I listened to him, that excites me more than him just as a QB coach because Mahomes isn't like the most like – he has flaws to his game, but what he does well overcompensates for some footwork issues or floating in the pocket. Yeah. He also was a quarterback as a player too. Um, you know, you, Northwestern, I believe he his went His last to, time throwing a ball was versus the New York Giants yes, in 2011. He, he went 11 for 16, the Victor Cruz game in 2011. That's the, that's the game that he completed his last NFL pass in, um, played for Andy Reid, coached under Andy Reid. And the thing that I – like about this, you know, we've been down in senior bowl. So, you know, when you do not a lot of prep to begin with, then I, that means I do zero prep. Um, you, you did prep today, but what I like about this is that this isn't just somebody that's coming from Buffalo, somebody that's coming from, you know, a previous Dable relationship or, you know, this is somebody that Dable's never worked with this guy and he's coming from the Andy retreat, which has had some success to begin with. So that entices me. It's like, we're getting, smart people in here we're getting some brains that of offenses that are explosive offenses that are successful and we're kind of getting them in here to have a good offense hopefully yeah i'm glad that our biggest hire wasn't just a friend of brian dable not to say that there's anything wrong with doing that but offensive coordinator is his biggest hire and it's not it's not just going to the well of people he knew like he went outside his comfort zone with really all three guys there may be some overlap with chad o'shea but i don't think there's any overlap with pep hamilton maybe i'm wrong but there was no, there was definitely no overlap with Mike Kafka. Yeah. Wait and see for me. Um, I, I, I think that it's really cool. All, all the reasons you mentioned, right? He's not Brian Dable's right hand man. He's not, you know, really connected to him in any way. He must have blown them. My assumption here is that he maybe didn't blow them away, but was impressive enough to earn this job because, really, he does not have a very large body of work. Um, he's young. How, he's he's my age. So thank you very much. Old. Thirty-four years old. I just. That but, but football young too like you said he's only had uh you know six years six years of, of coaching experience and yeah. one of those years was as a ga yeah yeah um i don't think it's a bad but i'm not i'm not jumping up and down i i i gotta see it in action and uh, also i'm okay with this kind of move here where we have a, a guy who's been a passing game coordinator at most i guess you would say is most responsibility but he's under brian dable who can this is his offense he's going yeah. to function i mean Maybe Kafka's going to call plays. Maybe he won't. But that's that's a feel I want to talk out. about that. But yeah, yeah. But but that's a that's a feel out scenario. He at least has Dable to to lean on here. Right? And they're going to do a mix of the West Coast stuff and the Earhart Parkins. And which and honestly, that stuff is 
that stuff is all really mixed nowadays anyways you know um you know like read the description of air coriel it's deep passing concepts that allow the underneath it's kind of like the opposite of the west coast guess what we had jason garrett who was an air coriel and he was not just conservative with the new york giants dak prescott in 2018 had like the lowest uh like average depth average depth of target in the nfl with a really good offensive line with really good wide receivers a good tight end so it's these these the air coriel like uh Earhart Perkins, uh, you know, West Coast, they're all more similar than they are different, you know, unless you're running the air, you bring the air raid to the NFL, which there's there's parts of that in the NFL now with the RPOs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, more so running four verts and, and, and things of that nature. So it, it's very close. So I don't think it's going to be like a West Coast versus Earhart Perkins. They're going to mix some of those things in together. Uh, and, I, and I think it can be successful. Um, now, play calling. That's a big thing for me. Do you yeah. have a strong opinion? Because I do. I think Mike Kafka should be calling plays. You put something in my brain when we were talking about, like, the head coaching candidates to begin with. And I think it might be stronger for continuity's sake. Like, let's just say the Giants are successful. It might be stronger for continuity's sake if Dable's calling the plays. And then we can have the offense coordinator that can be here. Versus Kafka calls plays. Giants are successful. He may leave, get a head coaching. I know, I understand that's like first world problems, but I think for continuity's sake, might be better for Dable to call plays. And you see, I'm open now to the idea of a head coach calling plays because of how many successful teams have head coaches calling offensive plays. I'm not anti calling plays. I'm not. I'm not anti the head coach calling plays at all. But the Joe Shane and Brian Dable said basically said like I, I, they would favor him not calling plays. Were they and relying you- on Dorsey coming here though? They never even put a ticket in it. We got lied to by the media, by and not just GT Bobby Thompson. Like they weren't, they weren't really ever in the running. Apparently, like you know, Ken Dorsey was always going to stay in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing: there's a lot of like Pep Hamilton's very qualified. Chad O'Shea's call, he's called plays in the NFL before. Uh, you know, Mike Kafka may not be like the most qualified when you look at his resume, but he's coming from somewhere. And if he beat those guys out, you should trust him enough to call plays. Here's the only way. I would be okay with Brian David call plays. If there's a very clear David's going to call plays year one, and then we're going to transfer it over to Mike Kafka. That I'm very, I'm very comfortable with that. Now that's something we won't know right. until year two, if that is the plan. But if that's, if that ends up being the plan, that is something I would like, but I want, I want Brian David to work as the head coach. I want him to have just the responsibility of being the head coach and it's going to be his offense. You know, his QB coach, you know, we'll talk about with Shea Tierney is his right-hand man. So there's guys he can trust and a part, an element of his, I want my offensive coordinator in the sky. I want him up in the booth. I really think that's more important than I have thought in the past. Um, and that's what and- Dable talked about where he mm-hmm. wanted to relinquish that responsibility from okay, I have to talk to Josh Allen. I have to cross-reference things, things that we talked about in practice and you know, kind of trusting his QB coach to do that. Um, you got you know, Dable should, on the sideline as well. He yep. should do that with his coordinator. Shea Tierney, which we'll talk about, is his right-hand man. Like that's, I don't know how good of a QB coach is, but he gets a lot of credit from guys like Josh Allen and Brian Dable, you know, brought him with Alabama, which we'll, we'll talk about. So I have a, I'm pretty strong on that. that like I think, we, I think Mike Kafka should be the play caller. And if he's not the play call this year, it's because it's a very clear plan that they're going to they're installing the offense and Brian Dable's going to head that up, that Brian Dable's going to call plays year one. And then year two, it's a, it's a clear plan to move on, give that role to Mike Kafka. And your point about like losing him, I'm the Giants can't be in a situation where we're worried about year two being good. Let's let's just try and get yeah. this season to be the best possible working relationship. If someone gets him. 
Well, that stinks, but guess what? We got Shea Tanny. We can move up uh, up the ladder. I don't think you can make decisions like that. You know what I mean? Like make any decisions for what if we lose him in a year? That that, that to me is uh, – Well, I think when you're – if you're looking at an offensive coach and a defensive coach equal, like I have no problem with the NFL teams favoring like, – like Patrick Graham, Patrick Graham is, is much more qualified than uh, Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings. Yeah. But like, – if it's it's an offensive league, yes, you know, yeah. and the Patrick Graham conversation might come up later. Um, Giant inside had a wild tweet, um, but uh, like that, that's the like that's what I want. Now, some Mike Kafka traits. I listened to uh, an over hour long podcast with him on the Run Vass Option podcast with Coach Vass, um, who's who's a good follow. You know, knows his stuff. Football, he's a coach, so he knows his stuff. Um, here's some just some things he trained Mah- like his first job really. With the chief, not his first job, but it was like Andy Reid told him as a quality control coach, take Patrick Mahomes under your wings. Like you need, you're you're the guy that's going to be spending extra time with him, which is kind of like some of the stuff TF, uh, Shay, uh Tierney was doing in Buffalo. Like so, I'm not going. Now he doesn't deserve the credit for Patrick Mahomes' success, but like that does mean something. You know that first year of him sitting on the bench, like he was raw, so I'm sure he did get better sitting on the bench that year. Other things. They he loves to pull things up from the college and the high school game, and now we have two coordinators to do that. It's something I've praised Patrick Graham for the last two years. Like this guy studies other teams, he steals from them, whether it's pro, college, he steals from these guys. And now defense, you can't steal as much because you're not drawing up, you know, routes, route combinations. But like Patrick Graham is a coach who adjusts. Where we had Jason Garrett, who had his playbook, and that's what we used was his playbook. And even Pat Shermer, like I don't hate Pat Shermer. But, like, it was Pat Turner's playbook. He wasn't really pulling anything up from the other leagues or, or bringing anything new to the table. Not to say it was necessarily bad, but he wasn't bringing anything new to the table. Mike Kafka is known for that. Like, he's an innovator in that way. You know, even mentioned names of guys that he stole from, like Steve Sarkeesian, who's at Texas. So that's something I really like. And then he was asked about, like, you know, on a week-to-week basis. And he said, hey, if the defense's linebackers are a little struggling over, you know, in that second level of the defense – we will put together a specific package for that every single week. And we're like, this is a spot we're going to attack. This is a spot we're going to attack. And if they adjust to it, well, this is how we attack the adjustment. Um, and to go back to the, they pull things from others. They try, the Chiefs have tried things out. They try things out. They try things out. And it doesn't always fail. And they talked about like, hey, some coaches are afraid to do that because they value every second of practice and they don't want to practice something that they're not going to use. But the Chiefs didn't have that fear. And part of it is the players they have. You know, so not all that stuff's going to translate with Daniel Jones and Kadarius Tony to Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Um, but just having that willingness to try new stuff where we had the exact opposite with that, yeah. with Jason Garrett. Yeah, adaptability. Um, and that's something that Shane... This whole coaching staff has. Yeah, right. Yeah, and from... In front office, too. From Joe Shane to Brian Dable to Patrick Graham to Kafka. You know, even though some of them have come from a little bit, you know, different paths, and Kafka, especially the, the most different where he is that outsider, even though he is that outsider, it is from front office to head coach to coordinators, they seem to be operating on the same wavelength and sharing similar philosophies. And that's not something that I can necessarily say... Grump, you've been doing this since 2017. You've seen a couple different coaching staffs. You've seen more coaching staffs than than we have. I don't know if that's something that we can say that coordinators, head coach, front office, we're in the offseason and they're just talking and we're just looking at clips and and just general stuff. But I can't even say we've seen this much shared philosophy and cohesion. I don't think so. Um, Well, uh, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, do you guys have any concerns at all with um, being too innovative? I mean, the Chiefs do a lot of silly stuff, and I, I know you've talked about this. Is you know, silly things where Travis Kelsey is throwing the ball. Yeah, I, I hate stuff like, like that. When I say like trying stuff new, I'm talking about like passing, like the I trick. I hate like the I, under the underhand uh, red zone play to Kelsey, and that's stolen going. from Urban Meyer and the Florida Gators with Tebow. Like that's that was created by Urban Meyer and stolen up. You know, it was, it was called the Gator Option. You know, I mean, it, it's and it's worked its way up to the NFL, where it's a little more common now. Uh, so yeah, that's that's all stuff that has been stolen from the college level. Um, so yeah, those those are things that are like. But yeah, there is obviously is wait and see. We've right. never seen him call plays before. We exactly. have no idea yeah. how he is as a play caller. So yeah. obviously there's some wait and see. But I just want to like, you know, it's it's we're looking at what he offers, and again, it's. We keep, we never seen him call plays, so we have no one here to tell us that he sucks at yeah, calling there's, plays there's not a or he's great at calling plays. It's a, it is wait and see, but yeah. here's here's the reasons why they made that hire from the outside looking in. Yeah, I don't you know. There's not a reason to be like, oh, I don't really know. Or besides, maybe you like Pep Hamilton more, or you, or you like somebody else more. I mean, that's really it. You know, which I would have loved Pep Hamilton. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. Let's see. RP. They're obviously RPO heavy, so Bills and Chiefs that that works together. Um, you know, using jet motion a, a lot. So there, there's things they're gonna. Use. I'm excited oh, for Tony. I, here's what that I, doesn't mean Tony's Tyreek Hill, but Tony should be like, and mm. and more so than the Dallas game. Here's why I'm excited for Tony. Is guess what? Remember the Rams game? That first drive, they played off coverage, and Tony showed he can run some routes. That he's not just a get, not just get the ball in his hands and he goes. Tony showed he could run a little some routes on a third and thirteen. Runs a fourteen yard speed out and runs it well. That is this that Rams game is what excites me for this Chiefs offense or or, or this Mike Kafka offense, not the Chiefs offense. I hope, I hope we're the Chiefs offense. <laughs> um, it so, again, like- and we don't have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, like with what this coaching staff is. Like, those guys have top three in arms in the league where Daniel Jones has a good arm. So, and maybe they, you know, maybe they, they are planning on getting a QB and we can talk about the senior bowl a little later or or the year after. But I, 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 like, the, I like the hire. Like, if you would have told me that Mike Kafka would have been our OC before the season was over, I'm giving you a nice thumbs up. Sure. Smart people come from good places. Anyone on the same wavelength of being adaptable and pulling out new things is the – I'm signing up for it because it's the antithesis of the Jason Garrett offense. Yes. It's the exact opposite, which is yeah. what we've been screaming for. Um, You mentioned pre-snap motion. This is just a small little analytics note. Brian Dable didn't run – at least motion at the snap as much as I thought. I think they used I think they used pre-snap motion, you know, a decent amount. But I think overall they were ranked like 22nd in motion at the snap. Um, if I'm remembering a Seth Walder graphic correctly, so I'm going to be interested to see how these two guys marry motion at the snap, pre-snap motion together. You know, knowing that Buffalo was kind of bottom tier, and I think Kansas City has to be, they have to be top tier. So, um, let's see what else we got on him before we can move on. Very in the crypto and NFTs. Yes, I mean you, you gave the transition. You, you gave you gave the transition. Very into crypto and NFTs. If you just look through his Twitter, you were looking through his Twitter. I I thought smoking it was a Woody fake like attack. one of the pictures. Oh yeah, I, smoking Woody. I I was positive that it was like a different account that was like also verified when I was scrolling through it. I low key grew his following. I like that you grow Justin's following. You're like eighty away from uh, ten thousand. I am. I try to find a way to ask like what's a what's a good way to ask to get a hundred followers without being a fraud we're gonna get to ten thousand by the end of the day tomorrow i would i would like that so yeah so my kafka big fan of nfts and 
crypto stuff. And this is great because we're going to somehow connect with them. We're going to tweet at them. We may do something, but we have a new sponsor. And this is like the perfect time to really roll this out. What I'm about to say may shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time and our new Giants offense coordinator, they're not just goats on the field or off the field and inside the play booth. He's a goat when it comes to investing too. Tom Brady, he invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. And now you can invest like the Giants offense coordinator and Tom Brady with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. So this is kind of sounds like NFTs, doesn't it? Like, I, I'm kind of an idiot. Mm. We're all idiots with this. Yeah, I don't know so guess is. what? We're, we're dumb, and we don't know a lot about it. Masterclass. I'm I gonna, literally don't know what it is besides its pictures. We're going. That's, yeah, that's well, I mean, this it. sounds familiar. I mean, Picasso, Monet, Warhol, those, those are, are artists. artists. So this is virtual. This is virtual stuff. It's art. I think it's digital art. Maybe. I love it. I love it. We're going to learn more about it, and you should too. And even greater, art prices outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2001. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR 2020 and 2021 from the sale of two paintings. Ooh, that's awesome. That's- this is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like our offense coordinator, and Tom Brady. Get priority access with their game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash giants. That's masterworks.art slash giants. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Thank you to Masterworks. I'm trying to think of a funny NFT um, acronym, acronym. To, to tweet at Mike Kafka. I said, hey, hey, you like my NFT? What? Let's, let's workshop this. I love it. Um, let's what's what, NFT? Come on, let's go. Let's workshop. I, I, everything I'm thinking is stupid. Like, no never fun. Fart. I just keep on ending up at titties at the end. Yeah. Never, never fart in terminals. No, with the T. I want, but, never it, fart. It, but it's never like, fart. it's like, it's got to be a noun because, like, you like my thing. Never fart. Oh man, that's uh, it's tough. I just want to use the word fart. Nasty, nasty farts, nasty fucking titties. Oh, that's. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that from Talking Giants, so just say, my, there we go. All right. All right. Um, Giants hired their QB. I guess we can do, since we're doing coordinate, they're bringing back Thomas McGahee. Yeah. I don't have a opinion. Uh, so now people will remember all the bad special teams plays. I will point to not the bad special teams plays, but the fact that we really didn't have any advantage in the return game. Um, DVOA has the special teams at 11th in the NFL. Yeah. I don't love that you pulled that out. Well, I don't because that's the only way I know how to measure special teams. I don't know how they measure it. And I don't even, yeah, I don't even know how they measure it. So I don't, it's not anti or pro Thomas McGahee, but part of me wanted Brian Daly to get his own special teams coordinator. Um, Part of me just flat out doesn't care about special teams. And I'm kind of glad. So here's the thing. (laughs) I like Joe Judge's person should have been fired as a coach. I'm kind of glad now that we don't have a special teams coach anymore. So we can stop talking about special teams. I hated it. Yeah, I hate talking about because no one knows what they're talking about. And nobody cares. I don't think anybody cares, but it's the fact that we had a special teams coach that that made people care. And then when people people got mad at us for not caring more, and then when we suck, when people turn on Joe Judge, now all of a sudden we don't want to hear about special teams anymore. Um, so Thomas McGee, he's back. Everyone says it's kind of funny. Something I've noticed is that since Joe Judge has been fired, Supposedly, every coach is going to be a future head coach on the Giants coaching staff. Like Ty, sure. Ty Tolbert, he's going to be a. Like Ty Tolbert doesn't believe in back shoulder throws. I don't know if he can be a head coach. Thomas McGay, he's going to be a head coach. Well, I don't think sure. 
a special teams coordinator is going to get that gig anytime soon. You know, they, their last two have been John Harbaugh, took 10 years, and then Joe Judge. Probably not going to get another one. I'm most interested to see. Patrick if- Graham is the one where he will be. Patrick Graham is the one where I agree. I'm also interested to see if Tom Quinn somehow survives. Not Tom. Yeah, Tom Quinn. Yeah, I almost I get him confused with Dan Quinn. I think the only thing I have on it is that he's survived so many coaching staffs. And we, I, I always hear. I mean, I don't, I don't hear it personally. People say that they hear around the league he's very well respected. Tom but I'm so tired of well-respected people. Give I, me I, results. I don't know what that means, but uh, well-respected means you were nice to me. Like I don't want to hear what any, I don't want to hear what any Giants former Giants players say about Thomas McGee. You know, and also Chris Snee. Like, you know what I'm not going to cry about? Chris Snee not getting a part-time job with the Giants. Either come work full-time, make it your hobby or not. Now, I don't know the full details, but sorry, I'm not. He's a Ring of Honor member. So what if he sucks? So now we got a, a Ring of Honor member that we're going to fire? I am I am happy. I am not sad that Chris Snee is not being used as an O-line scout. I'm happy yeah. he's not. And it's a rant we, for a different day. That's so, actually brilliant. And um, we're, we're trying to get these lifers out of the building, exactly not add more say. lifers to the building. Okay, like, you know what? Like, the uh, a, a ring of honor member for the Los Angeles Rams guard. Maybe we can get him to be our online scout. We don't need Chris Nee to do that. Yeah, yeah let's not, have, let's not we, John Elway him. Yeah, don't we have a problem where we're just, you know, there's so much familiarity in the building and guys that are just they've been here, they've done that, and you know that we we don't want that right now. Yeah, position coaches. Shay Tierney, uh, he's the assistant Bills, uh, the assistant QB coach for the Bills the last two years. Thirty five years old, was an offensive assistant the two years before that. And then he was a Bills, uh, Bama off a uh, roll tide. We learned that we can't say yeah, that can't until say they that. win I don't a know why game. Just did it. Um, this just check out Simple Man Radio to see how we learned that he was an offensive uh, analyst for them for two years. Uh, was with the Eagles as an analyst and in- intern for three years. So our offensive coordinator and our QB coach first jobs in the NFL came from Andy Reid. Fun fact. Mm. But this was a Brian Dable hire. Obviously, he brought like you know when when Brian Dable went to the Bills. He told Sean McDermott, I, I want this guy. Bring this guy on from the Bills. You know, basically viewed as his right-hand man. Uh, you know, Josh Allen speaks high. It says he's like the most underpaid, play, uh, you know, person in the building. Uh, uh, Shea Tierney said in an interview, like, it's the most fulfilling football relationship he has is with Brian Dable. Um, so we got a new QB coach that's coming from there, and maybe he can be groomed to be an OC if a situation like Mike Kafka were to leave to be a head coach. So, again, there's really no ways to analyze the assistant QB, uh, you know, a QB coach from Buffalo besides listening to what other people say. And most people aren't going to be trashing the assistant QB coach to the public. Um, so, again, this is a uh, wait and see. What did you think of the Jerry Shuplinski the last two years? I mean, as somebody who doesn't have access to Shuplinski actually like involved in, in correcting things, uh, I guess I can only really grade him based on Daniel Jones's improvement. Um, and which is difficult. I mean, it's hard to do. Giants fans know this. It's hard to judge anything in the offense, any of the players based on the Jason Garrett system, et cetera. I guess the one thing you can say that turnovers were cut down partially due to scheme, but the best thing and I think you can, you, you can say he improved his pocket awareness and pocket presence. Uh, I think he moved he better did. in the pocket and that's, that's, I didn't really see Daniel Jones mechanics or anything like that drop off. I don't think it was a detriment. No, one thing Daniel didn't... Jones had coming in was his mechanics were like pretty flawless. Yes, I, I don't know that I have a great analysis on anything other than the the improvement in his pocket presence and pocket. I'm just glad they didn't keep him on. Is is, is what I'll say on him. Um, any other? Do you have anything on Shea Tierney? 
All right. Other coaching news, Jerome Henderson, the DB coach, who was the one position coach that I did want back, is going to be back, and his assistant, Mike Cheer. Jerome Henderson has done a really good job with the DB group. Yeah. James Bradbury had a career year. Adore Jackson had a career – or James Bradbury had a career year in 2020. Adore Jackson. Jabril Peppers, like, flourished under him in a, in a role. Xavier McKinney's growth. There it is. Like, he's been a, he's been a good coach. And, and I try not to take too much away from pressers, but Jerome Henderson's pressers were always very impressive. And there was one that impressed me the most going back to 2020 when we lost to the Eagles. And Carson Wentz had a perfect throw to Boston Scott over Jabril Peppers for the game-winning touchdown. And it was really good coverage by Jabril Peppers. It yeah. was. It was really good coverage by Jabril Peppers. It was a perfect throw and a perfect catch. You know, there's, there's a, a saying there's no defense for the perfect uh, throw and catch. Yep. But... Jerome Henderson critiqued it. He's like, no, you know, because they asked him, like, you know, like, what do you say to Jabril when a play like that happens? You know, because it was really, you know, it was like perfect coverage. He said, well, it wasn't perfect coverage. He could have went with his left hand to break down through the arm instead of with the right hand swatting at the, like, he was very, like, detailed in those things. And that's why, I, you know, maybe I don't understand the DB group and that's, some, that's more uh, routine than I think. But that was something that always stuck out for me from Jerome Henderson. And again, it's been a, it's been a position group that has done really well. Darnay Holmes going from a fourth rounder to a competent nickel corner. Aaron Robinson was pretty good. Jaron Williams being competent at the end. Rodarius oh, Williams. Williams. So, yeah, Jer- Jerome Henderson, if they, you know, we talk about like every freaking coach on the staff is going to be head coach one day. If there was two from the Joe Judge staff, it would have been Patrick Graham and Jerome Henderson. Yeah, absolutely. Attention to detail, right? Exactly what you're talking about with the right-hand, left-hand thing for Jabril Peppers. It's just another attention to detail thing that's Patrick Graham. And he wasn't well. afraid to call like James. Bra- he called James Bradbury out to the media for the Rams game when they were like, "He was like, you know, did you think they didn't hustle?" And he's like, mm. or, "Or he's like, did you think they could make the play to stop the touchdown?" He's like, "We'll never know." And that's the problem, isn't it? You know, like he called he called out James Bradbury, who was not like, you know, not a locker room problem. Is a leader, leads by example, very quiet, and he yeah. called him out to the media. It's a pro bowler, you know. Yeah, a pro bowl should have. Uh, Green Gano should be in the Pro Bowl this weekend. Pissed that he's not. Um, yeah, so I'm really glad pissed. Jerome Henderson's back. What are we at with time? So we've been going for about 35 minutes. Danny King just said nice NFT tweet. NFT tweet. Let's see how much interaction it's got. Let me see. Hopefully Masterclass likes that. It's only got three likes. Wow. I don't think people get it. Look but at it. but I, tweeted it. I, I, I tweeted it directly at him, so it doesn't uh, show up on the timeline. It's a reply. Got it. Okay. Do we have another uh, coach, coaching a little transaction acquisition? Lori Young. Is she a coach, though? She's in the coaching department. Did you find anything That's, on her? I mean, I didn't find her LinkedIn, but Art always has some very helpful, like, five things. And he only had three. He usually does five things to know about somebody, but he can only find three here, which I don't blame him. Um Young was the player services coordinator in Buffalo where Dable was the Bills office according to the past four years. Um, again, I think it's just it's just tough to find. Young is the is in her 18th NFL season since being recruited to work on the business side and client services with the Baltimore Ravens. She jumped over to the football side when Rex Ryan hired her as an assistant to the head coach with the Jets. So she's been around. She's been around the run of the mill with, between the Ravens. I wonder if she came with Rex Ryan when he was the head coach of the Bills, Bills and then maybe. she's been here since then. So what is she for the Giants? Do we have that written down? Uh, I did. It's, it's like director so, of coaching or something. Yeah, it's a director of coaching operations. 
not sure what you're going to do, but I'm very glad that you're here. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what. Uh, what's her name? Laura. Lauren Lauren, Young. Lori Lauren. Young. Lori or Lauren. Laura. Laura. Robin. Young. Um. <laughs> uh, all right. So, cool stuff. All right. So now we have we. This has been a crazy week for us because, like, the coaching staff is it's kind of sucked. Like, I didn't do any Shaytani stuff the day it happened. You know, the Senior Bowl. We've we've literally been like Senior Bowl for you know, seven and a half, eight hours straight at practice. And then we were coming home and recording three straight shows. So in that time, this Brian Flores stuff has happened. So I finally got a, a time. To, I, I caught up like on what happened with the Giants in, in particular. And I've seen tweets about, you know, the Broncos and the Dolphins and yep. stuff. So what I'll say is from the Giants point of view, to me, the Giants don't look bad in this. I think the Broncos and the Dolphins look bad. So what happened with the? I mean, the Giants, they said his lawyer admitted, not just the Giants, you know, in their statement that they put out. The Giants, like Joe John Merrick, like uh, called him like thirty minutes after Joe Judge which, was fired. Which John Merrick said like he's not doing anymore. Like the, that was like that. That actually makes me mad about John Merrick. It's and like, and we gonna... found out Tim O'Donnell was like hosting him for you know lunch and another portion of the interview process too. Now that I mean that's fine. That that's McDonald. McDonald. You know he he work he works in the front office, so I, I get it. But before the GM is hired. John Mara calling Brian Flores like, "Hey, you're you're my favorite guy." Like that's that's what we don't want John Mara to do. But as it relates to this Brian Flores, you know, lawsuit, that those two things are unrelated. Yeah. So this happens. They they fire Joe Judge. Then then, but they have they have to hire the G- they hire the GM. But they requested to interview Brian Flores. I think before yeah. they hired Joe Shane. Joe Shane comes in, they do the interviews with Brian Day. You know, they do all the interviews in order, you know. And, you know, they did Leslie Frazier after. They, they did Patrick Grant. They did Brian Dable. Uh, wait, no, they did Lou Anaromo on that Sunday, which was like that first contact interview. They did Brian Dable on Tuesday. Who did they do on Monday? They did Dan Quinn on Monday. Mm-hmm. Brian Dable on Tuesday. I should have wrote this down. Brian Dable on Tuesday. Patrick Graham Wednesday. Brian Flores Thursday. Leslie Frazier Friday. Brian Dable's hired Friday night. So I guess like Joe Shane came in wanting to hire Brian Dable, right? Yeah. And there's no issue with that. Like that's the, that's the GM. The giants came into, and I know this, the giants came into this GM search wanting to hire Joe Shane. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. The, yeah. Right. Literally the okay. Same yeah. Thing. Right. So they, Joe and Joe Shane had his guy. Now John Merritt wanted Brian Flores. Like it was reported by many people that he wanted Brian Flores. And then the lawyer backing it up with yeah. like, you called him. So, John Marijuana, so is, I hate giving John Mayer credit for, like, the things that, like, he should be doing, but credit to John Mayer for not forcing Brian Flores on Joe Shane and doing the whole, we need someone with coaching experience. Um, and I guess Bill Bill Belichick, who, again, Bill Belichick tweeting, uh, texting something has nothing to do with the Giants. I'm sure someone of the Giants told him. He thought it was Brian, da- like, he thought he was texting Brian Dable, I guess, and texted Brian Flores, which is laugh out loud funny on Bill Belichick. And I was like, how can you be that dumb? I've been there. I've done that before. That's really big news, though. Like, that's, you know, text. Would you like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, even I don't, know. I don't want to talk about if that's real or not. I don't really see Bill Belichick as a two exclamation point kind of guy. But I, again, all right. So so here's my take on the, the whole thing. Um, Brian Flores has legitimate gripes with. The Dolphins the, in particular. He has legitimate. And this is really with every, you know, minority, definitely qualified candidate that exists in the NFL or is trying to work up the ranks in the NFL. There are legitimate gripes to be had with the way people are found hired in the National Football League and coaches just in general in the game of football, not even counting the National Football League. But 
my like me myself i don't feel qualified or i don't have the the lived experience to really just comment on all of that that's yeah, that's where i'm at there there are issues it, with it real real issues i don't have the solutions and it's not that i'm just saying that because i don't want to find them but i don't feel like you know who, who am i to say what what is the right thing to do what is the wrong and it's a lot of guesswork because we don't know what's going on in someone's yeah. head and i can't accuse somebody of something that's not now what we can accuse of is the dolphins for paying a guy a hundred thousand dollars to to lose if that is real and if that's real there's going to be a paper trail oh, absolutely and the dolphins will get in real trouble for that yeah the Broncos, it's hard to prove that they were hung over in that meeting. But yeah. that if that's true, that's a really bad look on their part. Right. You know, and the Broncos could do something internally with that. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it won't be league sanctioned. So there's the Giants had dinner with I mean, this is what at least what they released. You know, it, it, everything right now, I feel like is is he said, she said. But, you know, the giant what they released is that the Joe Shane had dinner with Brian Flores the night before his in-person interview. OK, see, I, I didn't see that part. Yeah. So, yeah. And like you said, with like us not having like. I'm not going to just assume everything, you know, uh, about people I don't know, but I'm yeah. also, but you know, and, and, and I'm not going to white knight, but I'm also not going to like act like there's not an issue with it. I think some of it stems from the QB room being very white and that's mm -hmm. where coaches come through is from the QB room. You're seeing it with Patrick Graham right now. Yeah. You know, like where Patrick Graham is, you know, I, I will say Patrick Graham was not like a slam dunk hire because his defense was ranked 23rd, but look at the context to it, you know? Um, you know, like he got screwed by Kevin, you know, the, the Vikings with Kevin O'Connell, where it's like they, the NFL leans off, leans offense. And that's what we Correct. talked about in our head coaching candidate, you that's know, where, why I wanted Dable because he was the only offensive guy that we basically yeah, did like talk we, to. Me, we had Dable one. I switched Flores to two last second, but like Leslie Fraser is my two Dable, you know, uh, uh, Flores was your two. Yeah. Um, and what we were talking just Flores as a candidate because Flores has been a head coach before. His warts are out there to be seen, and that's yeah. something we talked about. It's like, yeah, like, like that's why when we talked about Flores, there are more negatives than the other guys, uh, besides Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn had way more negatives than Brian Flores. Yeah, um, but it was like because you've been, but Dan Quinn's been a head coach. It's if you've been a head coach, your warts are out there to be seen. Whereas, like, you know, we're talking about Mike Kafka, and these, it's a lot of unknown. It's a, it's a lot of wait and see. So, um. I don't know how to fix the issue, and I can't. I'm not going to pretend that I am. I'm not going to white knight, but I'm not going to dismiss it either. No, and I I hope that it is fixed, and I hope that people that deserve to get jobs get the jobs. That's what. Yes, that's that's where I want to land. Is I think I want people who deserve to get jobs to get jobs. Yes, and I think Brian Day will deserve to get the job more than Brian Flores. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and so and the Rooney Rule, uh, I think it's good in spirit, but it. I mean, everyone kind of hates it at this point because it leads to token interviews. Yeah. And that's got to suck. Like, that's got to be a horrible feeling knowing you're a token interview. Yeah. Marvin Lewis was on NFL Live um, the, the other day with Stephen A. And, you know, he was talking about how, you know, he was just, <laughs> it's funny. I think it was the Panthers job with John Fox was hired with the Carolina Panthers. He was, he saw on TV, he saw on like probably ESPN, he was getting ready to go to this interview with Carolina. And he's like, they just announced that they're going to hire John Fox on Friday, but I'm going to go to this interview. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to do that. So it's, it's crazy. And we have like real, like a real example, of like John Gruden with the Raiders, Yeah, you know, and it's not to say that like, Hey, you can't want, you have one, your guy, but they interviewed like the offensive coordinator at US. They basically interviewed like the closest black guy to them yeah. for that head coaching job. The Eagles, I think when they hired Peterson, like they're like, uh, Hey, Brian Westbrook, our running back coach, come interview. Let's get this rule out of the way. Now they've changed it where it has to be an out of out of uh, out, out of building out of building hire. So again, it's 
but at the same time, I don't know how to how, how I don't know how to fix the Rooney Rule. Right. I, I can't pretend I do. So right. Um, That's so that. We'll, next episode. We will have we will we will end racism on the next podcast. We will we will fix it. We'll try. Um, Bobby, Skinner, don't be racist. Before um, before we talk about the Senior Bowl, can you talk about DraftKings? Don't be racist. And the moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. Black History Month. And are in the big game DraftKings Sportsbook. You can't bet on Black History Month. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets. Wake up, neighbors, if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for, uh, for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code JOHNBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus, minimum age and location required. Vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited gambling punk Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call call or text the Tennessee, uh, the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889-9789. Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. So when this gets to all 50 states, will we have to read a 50-state disclaimer? You know, I've been wondering that because the disclaimers have been getting longer and longer, and it's it's funny on the tongue. That's what she said. I don't think it's getting passed in Florida, so we don't have to worry about that anytime soon. All right, let's talk about the Senior Bowl, right? Yeah. I can rip this sheet up, and we can talk about the damn-ass Senior Bowl. Woo! That's why we're Let, here, right? Let's do Malik Willis quick because we've talked a lot of Malik Willis on other shows. And the talk, check out the Talk of Football channel. We did recaps of the practices. He looks like a first round QB. He's the best QB down here. And um, I haven't now. I haven't watched Matt Corral. I haven't even really watched any Kenny Pickett film besides one game. Yeah. I, you know, I watched two games of Malik Willis uh, of last year, not this past season, but year before film. So I've made my decision that March first, I'll have my like my re, my concrete until the draft. These are my takes on the QBs. So you know, this next month I will work on those guys. So I'm not going to give you any definitive. I'm not saying draft Malik Willis at five and seven, but here's what I'll say: He looks really good. He had some he he, he had some accuracy issues on day one. Not horrible, but had some bad throws. Day two in the rain, he didn't didn't miss any passes really, and looked like clearly better than the other guys. And he's not able to use his speed and stuff here, you know, and, and that doesn't lead to rocket arm plays. So in a, in a situation where Malik Crum- Willis could have crumbled, he looked good. He looked good. And I can very well see myself wanting Malik Willis in the first round. And, and, and very much so. And, it, and here's what I will say. If Joe Shane, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, Shea Tierney, if they draft Malik Willis and believe in that guy, Guys who have worked with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, not saying he's those guys, but those guys have saw, saw the talent and guys who were not slam dunk uh, QBs. That's that's not the thing. Guys that were, and that's don't, the let's thing. not do revisionist history. Josh Allen pick was slandered. Slandered. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes was the third. He was picked after Watson, right? He was picked after, well, here's one thing. He was picked after Mitchell Trubisky, yeah. and nobody blinked. So if those guys get behind that pick, I will be 100% excited. Now, if those guys get behind pick, Kenny Pickett, or Sam Howell, 
I'm not, I'll be pissed. But if those guys get behind Malik Willis, I will be excited. And that's the last time we'll probably talk about the QB on the pod till April 1st. Is there a legitimate shot that he can increase his stock and Detroit needs to replace Jared Goff? Is is it in the realm psycho, of psycho Dan Campbell? But things also change, remember things change quick. Yeah. You know, like I mean, we saw today, you know, yesterday, like it was a it was a good throw by Malik Wilson. People were acting like it was the most insane throw ever. So yes, it can happen. I don't think it will happen, but it can happen. He's definitely going in round one, though. I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, there were certain things that Malik Willis, and you know, I've repeated this point again, but there were certain things that Malik Willis felt like the things that he needed to do this week were almost the things that he didn't need to do, which was he did he. If you were inaccurate, I think nobody would blink. But also in the back of my brain, it was like, well, I want to see some consistency within inside the pocket because the magic that Malik Willis has is the things that you could not see during the senior bowl. And I think that's what NFL teams wanted to see. But also the game hasn't happened yet. Right. And and people, I don't want to say they overvalue the game, but they, that's, they watch. He, this is where he's going to do the things that he's improved on and have the magic. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that'll be, that'll be the co coalescence, whatever yeah. the, the, the two worlds will collide on what he needed to improve on and what makes him special. Yeah. And if that can happen, I think he can rise pretty far. Yeah, seeing his arm live was also just really fun. I mean, it, the ball, the ball does come out with a different velocity compared to everybody else. And put on some timing stuff too. It wasn't just big arm. Fast. Yes, and and you know one of the things of one of the one of his critiques was only having one speed and only throwing that fastball. But he was able to throw the change up in there and you know some crossing routes over the middle field didn't always just zip it in there where balls are popping out of guys' hands. There were some plays with that. But um, he did do some. He did operate some of those uh, um, timing routes pretty well and put a little touch on the ball too. All right. So I just thought of this on the fly. Let's see where we're at time wise. So we can go another ten minutes. I want each of us to give two names. I want you to go the day one, day two, day uh, you know day one, day two. Realistic with Giants' position need and where they're projected to go. Player that you want the Giants to pull out of here, um, and and then also. You're around five to seven guy who you didn't maybe know about coming in, but you left with like, I want that guy. So wait, what? What do you mean? What? God, I don't want to explain it again. <laughs> so I get it. Around one through day one, day two, mm-hmm. someone who came in with a high projection that you knew of, you liked mm-hmm. and impressed you that, you know, you can like, like Zion Johnson could be an example. Uh, Jermaine Johnson could be an example. Yeah. So someone like that. And one of those, t- those five picks that they have on day one, day two, that has a realistic want that you would get or Trevor Penning or whoever that you, that you leave. Like, I want that guy. And then we'll, we'll come back around and somebody that you didn't maybe know much about and come back of like, this guy's here day, you know, day three or, or late day two. I would really like to snag him. Um, I guess for the first one, I would say it's, it's tough between Jermaine Johnson and Zion Johnson for me. I mean, and those are the two that you said, but honestly, those were the two that were, that were floating around anyway. And I think for me, it's, it's Zion Johnson. Um, the need is, is certainly there. And I think, I think he can be obtained for, for it's a more realistic w- uh, person to get. I, I think Jermaine Johnson may be not attainable unless it's, I, I don't know. Back. I can see him being there round two. I don't think it's impossible for him to be over there round two. Yeah. Um, like so Zion Johnson, Jermaine Johnson round two. Who, what, so that, let that be your decision. I guess in round two, Jermaine Johnson, without okay. a doubt, actually. I agree with you. 
I agree with that. Yeah. You have, but you got to pick your own guy. I knew you wanted Jermaine Johnson. Oh, I'm Grump sorry. I, from I, you. I, I, oh, no, that's all right. I'll go uh, Trey McBride from. Okay. Okay. So I, that's why I went last because I had Trey McBride or Zion Johnson. Yeah. Um, I know about five players from. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, Trey, Trey McBride is the guy that coming in, I, I really loved and he had a tight really, end out of Colorado State. Yeah, tight end out of Colorado State. He had a really good two days practice where I feel every time he was making a catch in team drills, it was contested. And I, and I, and I like that, you know, you're not separation in the NFL is not a luxury. You know, <laughs> I feel like scheme, scheme, you know, you, you have to be a good route runner, but I feel like scheme is also something that you have to create that separation, but also you know, being able to go up and, and get a football is, is something that is very, very valuable. And Trey, you know, every time he was making catches, he was, uh, you know, he worked well, and he's also a good blocker. Yeah, and he was a little short. In the th- the t- I thought the tight end group was the stars, like Jake Ferguson. Isaiah mm-hmm. Likely looked pretty good. Um, even Jeremy Rucker, who I'm not a big fan of, looked pretty good. Like all the uh, – Cole Turner ran well. Greg uh, uh, Dulcich out of UCLA, he looks really fun. Um, so the tight end group – so my 1-1 one, one for this was – that's why I wanted to go last because I actually had those three guys as my names. But the number one was Zion Johnson. I fell in love with Zion Johnson down here. I liked him coming in. I fell in love with him. Um out of Boston College. If he's there in round two, like he is, get me Zion Johnson at guard. Like he fits both gap and zone scheme. You, We talked about it before the passing starts. Like this guy looks like an NFL card. Already. He took reps at center, even though I think he's going to play guard. He looks thick. He's, I really like Zion Johnson. Research Rick told me that he uh, was like a, you know, a competitive golfer in high school. So that knocks him down a little bit. But maybe that's what gets him down the round two for me. There you go. All right. The next on the list. What is... What's the name of like a you didn't know much about him coming in, but like you left like wow, and he's not like the round one top of the round two guy. I mean, this one probably goes without saying. It's going to be Neil Neil Farrell. Jr. Okay, I mean Neil Farrell Jr. He's the he's been like our the one the name we've repeated the most while we've been down here. It, it, it's LSU defensive tackle. Yes, LSU defensive tackle, and it, it's not just because we didn't know who he was at all. It was that he literally won every single one on one rep that we saw. Every single every and then dominant fa- and not just like oh it's a one on one it favors the defense type reps like nope. it was just dominant and he was dominant team drill when he wasn't being double teamed even then he made some plays I I absolutely fell in love with him and and we we we've talked about this before defensive tackles probably a more of a need than most people agree with but but I I I, I need to have him I need to have him yeah. yeah there's a big precedence for the Giants you know Joe Shane Buffalo Bills have taken a lot of defense tackles in the first three rounds but even some of the guys I feel like there was a nice split between this interior defensive line group of you have your top tier guys that may go in round one and two Wyatt from Georgia guy from Alabama um who who was also there Mathis Mathis um so you have some guys that are going to be going in the you know early rounds but also um can I give I'm gonna give two guys from the interior defensive line do it do it John Ridgeway from Arkansas um, and Otito Ogbania. Oh yeah, from Pitt. And it was the the afternoon group where you have more of the Southern schools and the SEC schools. They were, I feel like it was a lot more fun to watch those guys because there were some bigger names. But uh, Ogbania going up against those uh, offensive linemen, those guards. I feel like there were better guards and offensive linemen in the first group in the morning group. But Ogbania really <laughs> just all all day one was winning those individual reps. Didn't really get a chance to see him in, in team. Maybe he didn't look the best in team, but those one-on-one reps with uh, some of those really strong um, guards and tackles, uh, he looked really, really solid, really, really good. And I think he's a guy that might be you know projected as like a day three guy. And two, Ridgeway too, day, day three guy. It's like, give me these guys as interior defense alignment who could be here for four years and can be solid for us, hopefully. So – 
two guys that I didn't know coming in, but I didn't have the highest opinions on, and these aren't going to be my official answer for this, but I, I want to shout them out. Tennessee wide receiver, Bayless Jones Jr. He looked good. He was doing it from every leg angle. He had like one of the top speeds when they were tracking speeds. And, you know, he was running routes well. Malik Willis was hooking up with him. Um, and then Bo Melton from Rutgers, who was a very frustrating watch coming into this. He was like, it's a Rutgers wide receiver. I want to I watch him before coming into this. And it was so frustrating because they ran the ball so much with Shiano, and then it was curl routes. He looked really good on the like the short, the intermediate stuff. He's got good speed. Now, he's not going to ever be able to go up and, and catch a ball through contested, but he's like, he's like, okay, like, you know, day beginning of day one, I was like, he's probably a UDFA, where now it's like, yeah, I think he might be there. So, you know, be go a little earlier, you know, go somewhere early on day three. But my official answer is going to be someone I didn't watch coming in. And I wanted to go D'Angelo Malone out of ah. out of Western Kentucky, but I'm going Cole Strange, the guard, the interior offensive line out of Chattanooga. I didn't know who he was. I saw our friend Drew Barrowall tweet about him that he likes him. I'm like, oh, I'll keep my eye out for this guy, even though I haven't watched him. They didn't have any centers on the national team. He played center. He did it well. He didn't have a perfect week, but he like was he was with that number one unit and he looked good. Like he is there's like there's a handful of guys I have in my head that's like this next week I want to spend time watching. Cole Strange is number one on that list. Like, you know, when I clock in for work on Monday morning, Cole Strange is gonna be the guy I'm watching out of there. So he looked really good. And the Giants not not only need starters on the offensive line, they need depth. They need depth. So it's not the worst thing in the world wherever this guy lands to be a depth piece to start and then maybe he can turn into something down the road. So I'm, I'm interested to see what he did because, he, you know, he's a guy coming from a small school like Chattanooga. Shout out Tay Davis. And going up against – we talked about the defensive tackle group, how balling it was. You know, Perry and Winfrey's not even a guy we named, and he held his own. He had some bad reps in one-on-ones, but one-on-ones are not made for the center, and especially him not ever playing center. So Cole Strange was that. So All good picks. All good picks. All good picks. And there were a lot of guys we didn't mention. Should though. we say uh stock down guy real quick? Um Malele from Minnesota. See, I feel like he's a victim of the one on one drills. Okay. But he definitely didn't help himself. I'll say that. Kingsley from South Carolina, who I didn't I I will say I did not like him heading into this, and that makes me feel a little bit smarter. I don't like hating I I don't hate anybody. But I don't like disliking college prospects. But Kingsley and, and I just, and he just he just didn't do it for me from South Carolina. Ed Rusher, um, Ed Ingram, Ed Ingram and Cade Mays out of Tennessee. Now I didn't watch too much of Cade Mays on the second day, but Ed Ingram was pretty disappointing yeah. at LSU, and he was one of those guys like, all right, let's see how he he performs. So, all right, that's a wrap from Senior Bowl week. Seriously, this has been a lot of fun. I'm already looking forward to getting down here next year. It's been a lot of fun. Check out Simple Man Radio. Check out the Talking Football Channel. And I'm, I'm excited because I know next year we're going to even do this better. We're yeah. going to be able to do this better. We're going to have more fun. Um, and, and thank you to the listeners because you guys, you know, uh, because of you guys listening and supporting and helping, we're able to do things like this. And 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 thank you to John Boy Media for doing that. And I, I want to give – I don't ever give this on the show, but a thank you to Justin for spending all the time – get your finger down um, – <laughs> For doing all the editing background, we've already said one of the things next year is Justin isn't allowed to edit. We have to bring someone to edit and stuff because he was he, like he was doing all the work editing, and I know it was annoying him. Thank you to Grump for coming out, having you here as an extra eye, someone to bounce ideas off and just add to the content. I helped out a lot. Thank you to Robert Smith of Windy City Grinder, who's not with us, but he joined us for those talking football videos. He added a lot. You know, there was, you know, and we didn't even get to talk to him that much because it was like, hey, go watch, you know, watch oh, the yeah. DB, you know, because we want to make these videos the best. And much as I hate saying this, thank you to Snacks. He he came down, 
he added and he he he, he brought the party out of us he a did, little bit yeah, which i don't know did. if the party happens without us um so so thank you to snacks so but mostly thanks to you to the listeners and thank you to me no uh, i always have to finish off thank yous with thanking myself all right we appreciate you guys we'll be back on tuesday i don't know what we're talking about I'm sure we'll have some positional coaches hired. And we're going to do some interviews with Bills and Chiefs people, by Positional the way. review. We also have that, too, if we... Uh... Not Tuesday. We're going to either we're going to talk about whatever new position coaches we have, and we're going to have a Bills and a Chiefs person to interview to talk about, uh, you know, the new hire. So Cool. Uh, Anthony of Cover One, and I'm working on the Chiefs guy. So he said, I, I'm, he said, today's a tough day. I'm trying to... Uh, no, we're, we're not doing anything this weekend. No, Monday. So... All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Senior Bowl. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. And until then, let's go Big Blue.